I mean, because especially with like that replay, they have these like weird strategies they do for bosses that you just don't want to do in a real run because it's like, especially in that game, it's like you want to speed kill bosses as fast as possible to minimize the amount of danger you put yourself in. Right. So when they waste time with like, okay, I'm going to stick to like Vulcan and just like let the boss do whatever, do its normal behavior that's extremely dangerous to me. And then I'll just get through without any issues is like just bonkers to me. And obviously they don't know. Yeah. Because a good shmup player isn't just raw dodging and executing. It's also having the knowledge to prevent dangerous situations to begin with, right? For instance, if someone did a Dodonpachi task and they did a somewhat better job than the World of Long plays, but they didn't boss glitch 1 5 and 2 5. I would be suspicious, like, or it didn't at least attempt to glitch it, you know? They just mm-hmm. fought it straight up. I'd be like, okay, why are they fighting the boss straight up? This makes no sense. You know what I mean? Like, you'd have to learn that, at least. And, include, and I feel like a lot of shmups have stuff like that, where if you're not doing certain things, it's not going to be convincing, even if you're raw dodging everything on Earth. So Yeah. So for those reasons, I think cheating in shmups is not as easy as world of long plays would like you to think so <laughs> definitely and i mean that one vi- example i mentioned earlier if like the seventh boss and doggy is like the perfect example of that where it's like you can't you wouldn't be able to just like raw dodge in a real run like you'll just get your ass wiped to you yeah i've tried it before there's like literally only one out of like maybe 500 attempts where i could actually destroy the lower module that shoots out those ridiculously fast yellow spreads that can fire off before it goes to its main attack pattern most of the time you're gonna I don't want to go with the cheese a strat of hiding in the corner where it can't hit you and then you know using homing fire like that to get through because that just makes way more sense and it's way safer yeah exactly and plus it's a checkpoint game so you die guess what you got to do it all over again Jeez. so we've got through the cheating section now i want to talk about something that i feel like goes hand in hand with cheating because there's a part of this puzzle that we haven't quite solved for someone who's coming into shmup, you know, shmup scoring for the first time, which is what about shmup world records, right? We've talked about right. submitting all these fake runs, right? But we noticed when we talked about it, other than our good friend Megan Crimson, who made up the scores, none of these faked runs or whatever, false runs or whatever you want to call them, none of them are world records or claimed to be world records. Mm hmm. And so why is that? Why can't... That's definitely happened in uh, speedrunning, for sure. Mm-hmm. Fake world records, right? But there hasn't yes. been nearly as many that I'm aware of shmup fake world records. And I think that mm-hmm. ties in very closely with the second topic, which is score verification and how world records work in the shmup community, right? Because right. this is pretty unique. I've never heard of anything like this outside the shmup community. So I thought it'd be Mm -hmm. important to go over how world records, at least among the Japanese players, are decided. Right. So, well, the current organization that does handle like world record scores in Japan is JHA. And I think a lot of their policy does go back to previous incarnations, such as like video game magazine Arcadia and the Fred precursor before that, which was Gamers, which has been around since like the mid 1980s. And Gamus, you know, originally was this Japanese video game magazine that specialized in covering arcade games where yeah. they've had sections where it's like new games, 
they report additional developments on games or even like high score boards, which that'd be the main focus there. Especially since that magazine had such a heavy focus on shmup games, looking at like old issues would be a pretty good reference point to kind of understand like score history of different games that came out either during that time period or games that came out like a few months before and you can kind of compare like different records of how the score increased during this period. But the most important thing I would say of all is that I'm pretty sure that in order to submit those high scores in order to like gamist and now which is JHA at the time, you gotta be living in Japan and they usually only accept scores from like specified game centers, which that's basically Japanese arcades. Yes. So that's really interesting. And I, I actually talked about this topic a little bit on another podcast I was a guest on called The Frame Savers, and I had to do all my research. And so it's from what I understand, in order to get verified as a world record score, you not only need to perform the run live, you also need to mm-hmm. do it on an arcade machine. And you don't need to just do it on an arcade machine. You need to do it on a verified arcade machine in a verified setting, whatever mm-hmm. wherever that is. Usually an arcade. Right. Or maybe they have like smaller smaller venues or whatever. Yeah, it's just you gotta go to one of the arcades that's just on their list to just be verified. It's just usually like any big hub, probably maybe like hey one of those places. Right. And so when you think about it, that's cutting out a lot of areas of how you could cheat, right? That chops out yes. a lot of stuff because I don't know. I'm I'm sure there is some sort of way to do it. I mean, besides just flat out like conspiracy theory of like paying people off or whatever, but I don't know how exactly you would sneak by a cheated run in those in those settings exactly. Does anything yeah, come to I'm- mind for you? I mean, like you said before, it, it probably would have to do with just people involved in the board and just getting others to agree on it. But I think at that level, because, you know, since the original magazine that started these publications was really heavily like focused on shmups at the time, both manufacturers were involved in advertising for the magazine, as well as, you know, different editors that mainly covered that. I think it'd be a pretty tall order to kind of circumvent those processes and try to insert you know your own run into there just and also because i think with just the tradition of the way things have done a lot of players are just kind of incentivized to just go to center because just the ease of especially up until like a lot recently the ease of recording like a computer was like way less compared to just going to an arcade nearby and just trying to do that for an attempt yeah and i think also within that community too since you know, it does factor a long reputation and trust. Kind of intertwining that with, you know, use, utilizing a verified game center probably plays into that as well. Yeah, and it's a whole different, you know, can of worms to what we're doing because these dudes, I'm assuming, are rubbing shoulders pretty constantly. You know, I, I just must yeah. think about it like the local FGC I go to, right? Where I go and hang out mm-hmm. with the players every week and we do tournaments or whatever. Yeah, so there is a certain amount of uh, camaraderie and trust and like your scene itself grows its skills together and you form rivalries and all that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I'm assuming in those settings, the the people kind of know who the world record tier players are and who's what potential everyone's at. 
Right. So it sounds like it's a very, very legit way to make sure these scores are true scores. They're not fake scores, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think there are a lot of positives with that, but there are some negatives as well. And so I'll talk about my negatives of that system. And I'm interested to hear your thoughts. I'm not saying that we shouldn't, or the Japanese scene shouldn't continue it. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that the negatives are is that you don't really get a lot of video replays that way, right? And yep. so it's like we have many, 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 I'd say the majority that I'm aware of, world record scores are not seen by human eyes, right? They're just yep, numbers. I would agree with that. Yeah, they're just numbers. Like, okay. So I feel like that's kind of a, a negative of that system, right? It right. prevents video from being the main driving force. So it makes it hard for people to get into the scene because when they look at the scoreboards and stuff, it's just a pile of numbers. And you know what I mean? There's not that aspect. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, there's the other aspect of it's in Japan and it's only in Japan. And Westerners, not only do they have to get the skills on their own, which is insane to think about, they also got to get their and ass travel. to Japan and stay there for <laughs> yeah. three months or however long it takes to get them that score on the machine. So, yeah, basically, <laughs> you want to get your name in there, just study abroad program, be like, I'm going to just go ahead and just play some more DP or DDP. Yeah. <laughs> so I was thinking about this. I think it'd actually be hilarious if, if the JHA had some kind of like scholarship, pro shmup scholarship where they bring in. Uh, like West, like promising Western players and like house them. And they're like, okay, you're hanging out with us. I'm not saying this is a realistic. I just think that'd be funny. <laughs> that would be pretty great if they could just do that. Or I was thinking like, wouldn't it be interesting if the JHA had other centers that were verified, right? Like what if they had an arcade in California that was verified and they right. had some dude in Cali. So I could go to California and try and get a, a score there. That's true, but I think, like, especially if, you know, those type of organizations, they kind of tend to think, like, just focusing on our country only when it comes to yeah. arcades and stuff like that. So usually international endeavors for that industry, usually the companies, like, prefer to make their own, like, regional branches. That's always been the case for, like, even game developers. They want to make an like, arcade game and distribute to, like, North America. They make an American, like, distributor slash yeah. game dev office, which then handles its own. And also that kind of leads a little bit into our next point where other organizations would probably just kind of take up that mantle or right. TG. Yes, let's talk about the American counterpart, I guess you could say, the infamous Twin Galaxies. Right. And so I'm going to bog down the stream or the episode today with a little bit of off topic, but it's about Twin Galaxies, so it's not that off, off topic. So I'm sure everyone is aware of the show, uh, The King of Kong, right? Mm -hmm. I loved that documentary. I still love it. And I remember watching it for the first time. And the whole time I was thinking to myself, that Billy Mitchell is shady as shit. That dude is straight up shady. And like the documentary does a pretty good job of kind of like, yeah, without directly condemning of him, like being like, yeah, what? Twin Galaxies and Billy Mitchell, they are shady. And then... Actually, for a long time after that film came out, I don't know how many people are aware of this these days, but for a long time after that show came out, uh, people dismissed the King of Kong as like being 
unfair towards Billy Mitchell as being, you know, just played up for Hollywood, that it was all just played up. And Billy Mitchell's actually this really cool dude. And, you know, it was all just for drama. Like, that was kind of the sentiment I saw for a really long time. And the whole time I'm watching that, I'm like, unless they just made up the events of the film, unless they just made up how weird that guy was about Billy Mitchell, the, the Twin Galaxies head ref guy, like, unless they coached him and they, like, wrote a script for him and it was, like, reality TV, unless they did that, I don't see how he wasn't shady. How could you, as a competitor, feel good about forcing this dude from Seattle or wherever he was from to fly out to your event and, like, they're doing all this shit to, like, try and discredit his scores, being like, oh, your boards aren't the right boards, you're not playing in our verified arcade... You're not doing like you you have to jump through a thousand hoops. And then Billy Mitchell shows up with a tape and they're like, You're good, dude. All you had to do is show up with a tape while your competitor had to fly across the country, bring his wife and kids. I'm married. I know how much of a bitch that would be. Mm-hmm. Like trying to convince your family. We need to fly across the country to play video games. This is critical. Like, I know you wanted to go on vacation. No. We gotta fly across the country to play video games against some hippie dude or whatever i don't know so i i always had very negative feelings towards i was like yeah they're they're shady and so when it came out that he was a cheater i was like yeah i knew it i called it so i had to put that out there in public on the show so all good yeah what i was gonna say is that for twin galaxies i think what's a little bit interesting is probably it's like an official like scoring organization that's dealt with like verifying scores i think they've actually had a little bit of an edge over like jha and like its previous iterations just because they were already involved in like score reporting as far back as probably like 1982-1983 so i remember like reading a lot about their history where they would directly go ahead and just kind of referee people's games and seeing people do these crazy marathons and you know different goal age games at that time, whether they be like Donkey Kong, Galaga, Fender, Insert Robotron twenty eighty four. And then basically the weird thing that kind of happened over the years is even though the organization just continually expanded since like nineteen eighty five onwards, what I've kind of seen happen is is that especially for like newer arcade stuff, they've added in like additional verification rules. And this is, I think, primarily done to kind of avoid other attempts in the past where people kind of try to cheat and circumvent the system, whether that be like showing like old VHS tapes that were kind of spliced together from different runs. Or MAME right. <laughs> MAME tapes, something MAME like that. Tape. Yeah, over the years, like stuff has just gone more and more over the top. And then what's kind of compounding on this is that what originally I think a lot of their verification rules just focus on like certain subsets of games. Those kind of creep into other games. And then just kind of setting like weird bar- barometers for just like we need this amount of verification for each game being like a pretty high standard in terms of you got to have the referee, got to have video, got to make sure it's an actual PCB cabinet. And then for, there's a couple games I remember like for don't patchy they don't allow you to do auto fire with c at all which right probably influences you know their quote-unquote world record which what is the twin galaxies world record of don't patchy uh do you know what it is because i I went on their site recently and i didn't 
And it was like Pearl or someone. I was like, okay, Pearl's the world record holder. Pearl's awesome, but like his score yeah. was like 84 million or something. Did they just not have Dodonpachi or is this because they redid the site and they threw out a bunch of old scores and these are new scoreboards? Yeah, the site's kind of like... Like, what the hell's going on with this thing? <laughs> I mean, honestly, the site's kind of done a couple things in terms of revamping its internal structure of the year. So I remember seeing like the scoreboard was pretty low in comparison. Like, I remember seeing like a couple submissions back in the day where people would be like, yeah, I'm going to submit this like 20 million or like 30 million score, which was hilariously low for a quote unquote world record. But uh huh. for the listeners, the world record is like, I forget what the glitch because I forget. It's like 800 something, right? It's yeah, it's like around 810 million or something like yeah, that. Yeah, with the glitch. So 30 compared to right. 30. <laughs> yeah, compared to 30. But yeah, it's just, I think. They've added like all these rules and stuff like that. And then there's other games like I remember right in two for the longest time, their world record was like 300,000 or something ridiculous, which meant they had a game over at like the stage two boss or something ridiculous. <laughs> when people have like multi loop that game, even gone to 10 million, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And I remember I was asking a, a round about this and I heard that. Uh, JHA had attempted to in the past kind of incorporate their scores with Twin Galaxies, but or to kind of get Twin Galaxies to pay attention to what's going on in the Japanese arcades, and they just weren't having it. Mm-hmm. weren't yeah. interested. I mean, in order to kind of like explore that, that really just kind of gets into a lot of history about like how people who've run the site and people's attempts to kind of see like Twin Galaxies like a business, just because. I don't know if this entirely holds true, but I know there's like things in the past where they were trying to get people to pay money just to submit like a score Damn. onto there. And then I know like, it's like now, retro game. It's like, what's that new thing? Retro game uh, grading, right? You got to submit and pay to VGA, get your game oh, graded. Those, man. <laughs> yeah. But I do know that like what they have currently, it's like there's like a certain point system where it's like you got to have enough points in order to do a submission right how do you gain those points exactly i think it has to do with like you vote on other people's submissions like is this legit or is this not legit or you like give it a thumbs up or well because what they usually do is just like before they accept a score they have these verification threads where it's kind of like we throw up a poll and you just comment about do you think this is acceptable or not and yeah, over the years, this kind of leads back to what I was saying a little bit before about some of their contrived, like, high standard for rules. But, I mean, I saw, like, a while ago, like, people just submitting stuff on there. And then, very oddly, just people just being dismissive and even admitting, like, yeah, I don't know this game at all, but there could be something potentially, like, here that <laughs> might be cheated, even though they can't explain what that might be. Yeah, enter Pearl's story, right? We gotta talk about Pearl.
Yeah, so we got this player named Pearl. He is a cool guy. He's got the world record for me to triangle. <laughs> He's also got some ridiculous Toho scores. I was actually looking on a Mary Bell's site the other day. I knew to- uh, Pearl, you know, was a great player. But he's got some ridiculous Toho scores too. Yeah, he played a lot of Toho and got some like really good scores before jumping to the arcade scene. It's really kind of made of a name for himself. He's a legit player. He made me feel like a, a scrub because when I was going for the two all, you know, when I was kind of in the middle of it, not towards the end, Pearl was kind of feeling like, hey, this is a cool game too. And he caught up to me in like a week. Like I'd been working on it for like six or seven months. In a week, he was on the same stage as me. <laughs> Getting to Hibachi with about the same amount of lives as me. No! Like, I felt like such a loser, but... I got the two all now, so that's in the past, but... (laughs) Yeah, Pearl's a really cool guy. That's what we're saying. He's a really talented player. And so he's probably the most legit shmup player on Twin Galaxies, probably. That I'm aware of. Yeah, for sure. But basically what ended up happening is that a while ago, he got the Valgrig Rev 2016 for on PS4, which, to my knowledge, you know, they've had a lot of things here and there to kind of make it as arcade perfect as it possibly can get the whole you can't pause in between replays to do any sort of like pause buffering i don't think there's any instances of people hacking in scores this applies to other m2 shock triggers games and then basically yeah i haven't heard any and then basically what he went ahead and did was he submitted a score of like 10.1 million which the way the game classifies it, let's just say that's an A1. And even though that's not close to like world record, it's still probably a lot better compared to what other people post on the site. He yeah. basically uploaded it, gave a note to this. Here's the stage I got to, the rules I followed, as well as here's a link to the complete video mention. And then <laughs> within the thread, there's this guy that, that just decides to say it like, First, I'm sorry, but I have a problem with replays. It prevents us from analyzing the actual run and opens too many questions. I'm not accusing in particular of anything, but I'm saying if we allow this, it's only a matter of time till someone actually does abuse it, which... <laughs> and then he adds on like some other thread where basically a few years back, they, a bunch of members like argued about like, it's a right for the community to actually have all these high standards all the time for people submitting stuff out or should we relax a little bit so we can get additional viewer submissions and additional people invested into our website and then basically the way the thread proceeds is, is that you know pearl kind of explains how cheating replay with this version of greg is basically impossible and you can tell it's cheap by movement alone and then these guys just keep asking for more and more proof and stuff like he's given for the people so he's given them a replay yeah He's, has he given them a video as well? Well, basically, the replay is the video. Right. It's the Because it's from the uh, PS4, right? It's yes. It's on the PS4. Yeah, it's from the PS4 port. So he's not, like, using MAME or anything, yeah. just for the people out there. He basically he's playing on the official PS4 port. I am not aware. The PS4, for the people who don't know, that thing is that thing is a bitch to hack to begin with. So he'd have to somehow hack the PS4, which... I'm sure at this point you could get Grega running on a hacked PS4, but it's says, not easy and it's not common. And then you'd have to hack the scores of Grega too, and then make the replay look convincing somehow. Right, and he mentions that you can't edit the replay files at all too, and that you can't save replays after using the in-game safe state practice. He also mentions that because replays are input files, you can view the input files you would wolf me. 
and even mentions that even you know the the top run on the leaderboards which is done by the world record holder t3 kamui is perfectly legitimate replace nft ports require form verification what it is i'm not sure but there has never been a cheated score at all in many years of their ports being around even as early as their 360 ports and basically what i think it surmises down to is that a bunch of people just decided to go ahead and say i'm gonna have to vote no because this is a replay and then that was pretty much it i don't think his score got accepted in the end because... i looked at it no it's not there it's not there as of today so it's such a weird situation because yeah and and also i'm looking at the page and he's like there's no scores on the page it's not like there's all these scores and he jumped over him he's like the only score so they're literally right. saying the only score there is cheated yeah and that something. brings me to probably another problem i have that's just their systems where it's like because of the whole high browner to submissions a lot of times you get very low scores just being submitted to scoreboards or what will happen in cases like this is where people submit like a video replay but then people that don't even understand like basic knowledge of the game just kind of come in and just decide like hey well we can't accept this because this is the way the site's always been done and we don't feel comfortable doing it this way but at the same time it's like it's ridiculous especially if you're a shmup player where you could literally just type your score and people would believe you and now you got you're submitting replays you're submitting like everything yeah, you can and they're not accepting points because <laughs> you waste points too like the submission doesn't go through either so it's like so the thing about Twin Galaxies that's interesting is that from an outside perspective, you would think they would be the place the Western players are submitting their scores, right? From just like a complete outsider's perspective. Mm-hmm. Twin Galaxies is about arcade games, and shmups are like as arcade as you get, right? It's points, yep. it's high scores, it's all that stuff. And yet I've never met anyone other than Pearl who's ever submitted runs to Twin Galaxies or talks about like, you know, we should really hop on Twin Galaxies. They're the they're the way to go. So Right. I mean I've even talked I remember when I was learning like Assault a couple years back, I remember reaching out to one of the people that claimed that he had like world record at the time and also had like a wiki fan page that basically gave like stage layouts. And then I was just like basically just asking a quick question about like, oh, so could you happen to just give me a little more information about like how you you guys do strats and like anyways to improve beyond this score set point and not only did the guy not respond but a friend of his had it basically stepped in and responded to me and basically gave me like a non-answer as to why oh well you should give me like some additional information first and then come back and he basically just disregarded my question at the time so at that point it's just like it's now worth it for me to try creating like an account on that site because yeah I just always feel like it's got a weird vibe to it, you know? It's got a weird standoffish vibe. Right. Kind of like the moderator of the Dodonpachi speedrun page. <laughs> yeah, I've heard about that before. <laughs> yeah. It's funny, my, my Dodonpachi and my DOJ submissions to speedrun.com, I did them for fun when I was first learning the game. I was like, just just for fun. My one-alls. And, uh... Yeah, it was funny the journey my replays have gone on where they were there, then they were gone, and then they're back, and then they're gone again, and now they're back. So they're there right now. Who knows huh. if they're going to stay? They jump on and off that page all the time. And I actually reached out to the uh, mod 
to be like, hey, wouldn't it be cool if, you know, what do you think about adding a section here for score, right? Yeah. Never heard back from him. So, yeah. <sighs> yeah. And I mean, I've even seen on that thread I was mentioning earlier that the other guy I linked to, like, as far back as like 2014 and 2015, there are people in that thread they are just basically telling him, like, you know, you guys can't constantly just enforce like these ridiculously high standards for every single submission because what ends up going to happen is that, you know, it's just, we're not going to get an influx of any new people, but it's just going to be insular. And then if people happen to leave, nobody gets replaced to come in. And then it just constantly yeah. is like on the decline. But I think the other issue that you have there is, is that, you know, the Twin Galaxies, people who are at the head, they're pretty traditionally minded as far as stuff goes so it's like auto fire right right like that's a huge one especially when games do and give you the option to allow you to use it and it would be acceptable like i'm pretty sure like right. if you use like ddp like jj they will let you use auto fire because that's another area which for some weird reason like japan has no problems with it but tg has kind of influenced a lot of people over the years that oh yeah you shouldn't use who needs auto fire or whatever because you know for a lot of traditional american caps they just simply didn't come equipped with that so i think i know why the uh jha allows it and twin galaxies doesn't it's because jha has at least somebody there who plays these damn games and doesn't want to get freaking carpal tunnel syndrome smashing fire a billion times yeah. a day so if you play that's the thing like Okay, this is going to be a little mean of me, but I'm going to stand by this. Like, I feel like the biggest number one, like, scrub identifier for shmups is, like, if someone says autofire is cheating. Yeah, I mean... Like, how many hours are you playing shmups? Yeah. Do you want carpal tunnel? Do you want your arm to fall off? Yeah. And I get there are certain shmups, because I've explored this a little bit, like, where autofire kind of breaks them, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So isn't for those, I think, isn't it like Darius Gaiden or something where you have like a special like limit on how much you can auto fire? I've heard about something like that. I just heard people like just insisting like you should try playing with auto fire because it's still like not that hard of a clear. Right. And I do know like it has auto fire, then it has some kind of like more auto fire, like broken auto fire where you can just bust yeah right it's just it's a rate basically like higher than what it should do and because of the way that it works it just speed kills bosses way faster right. but dodon pachi how do you rationalize that when it's built into the game <laughs> yeah i mean i've even read like articles about stuff like the original write-in and write-in too where basically most arcade operators at the time basically figure out like these had cabs of auto on them because realistically trying to hit that Vulcan for like the course of a 40 minute loop is going to kill your hands and you it's just not practical with like a lot of intricacies with the way the game is designed very few people i've seen have like one cc'd right in one slash right in two without using auto fire but i don't know if the trade-off is like necessarily worth it <laughs> yeah i feel like if you play let's say you play like metal slug because that you know that's another one where auto fire is a big deal Mm-hmm. And like that's the only game you play, and maybe you learn to play Metal Slug without auto fire, and so that's the true way to play to you. Mm-hmm. But over the years, like how long? If you keep playing for thousands of hours, how long are you going to hammer that button until you're like, okay, I'm sick of hammering the button? Right. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. I honestly feel like because I have hand 
pains and stuff too if I sit and have to hammer a button for hours. So I'm not doing it. I don't care if people think it's legit or not legit. There's no way I'm doing that. So yeah, and I mean I'm a musician too, so it's like I don't want to kill my fingers. Right? And yeah. Or do like the money makers job either? <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah, I don't want to end up with carpal tunnel because you had to play Donanpachi without auto fire on. So right, because then you know that's expensive procedure, and then you have to. There's like additional ones you have to impose so that it doesn't reoccur after the surgery. Yeah, but I feel like gamers, our hands are the money makers. Like we need to protect them. They're like top priority. So to put their health at risk just for the sake of tradition to the 1980s, I don't agree with it. So. Me neither. Yeah, I get fired up about the issue because I hate not using auto fire. So <laughs> yeah, it's just I'd rather just have comfortable hand instead, just like mashing and then being like, "Oh, great, I can't kill this because <laughs> the way the game is designed is just essentially <laughs> you got to install some sort of auto fire on it." Oh my gosh, have you played Metal Slug X? Yes. Okay, you know the train part. <laughs> yeah. You ever played that section without auto fire on? It's oh my god, I would say, yeah, that is horrible because you literally could just, especially in that last part, there you got like the three trains coming in a row. Yes, it's yeah, like exactly. you can't hit that, you can't do as fast manually. So, just because I remember at the time I was playing the Wii port, trying to like constantly press the button, <laughs> and that thing is just it's horrible, man. Don't recommend it. Yeah, I played that on a cabinet, and I even tried like double tapping with both hands. It's still yeah. not doable. Like the game's designed to murder you if you don't have. Yeah. The, the just, real answer is you need to have the machine gun and all this stuff, but that's just a notorious section. Yeah. I was definitely not a fan of it when I was playing it at the time for the 1cc. So, any other thoughts on Twin Galaxies? I think we made fun of them a, a good amount. At least I did. <laughs> Honestly, I just wish that they would just. Keeping things like a little more relaxed just so they can actually get some new blood in there and just they want additional methods to do that then sure you can do so or just allow for video verification yeah or like take an interest in you know the arcade shmup community yeah but i think they've already kind of missed their window but on that just because they're so focused on like trying to commercialize twin yeah. galaxies and then especially even back in the day i remember they had a period where basically from like 1987 to like 1997 there's just no act tournaments ever held yeah and it's weird how walter day and the king of kong talked about how essential it is that they do the scores live and in a live setting and yet they're totally happy taking all these well you you know what i'm saying Live works, but I think the reason why it works in like Japan stuff like this because they actually have a transportation system where it you can actually use a line to get from like multiple arcades. From yeah, one another. it's it like makes it easier. Tiny. Whereas the U.S., it's so spread out that basically what happened over the years is that we had a ton of like locally independent arcade areas. Then what happens is that like you had other companies come in and then change to start buying up like other local arcades to do that, and then. Once those started to, you know, kind of become improbable because more people just moving to consoles, those ended up getting closed. And it's like, then you just have to go like way out of your way just to find a place to even play the game you want. Yeah, you know what I was thinking actually. This is this ties in good to um the topic at hand. Mm-hmm. It's about JHA, and I was thinking, you know how the EXA might be coming to the US. I, they said that it is, but I don't know how soon that will be. I'm not sure either. 
Yeah, because uh, he did mention that it might come to, like, round ones and stuff like that. Yeah. If it does, let's say it does, and I live near a, you know, I, or a Dave & Buster's, like, I live near one, mm-hmm. it'd be interesting to see if the J, if I went and got a, uh, okay, this isn't going to happen, but let's say it did, I went and got a world record score at my Dave & Buster's, the EXA, would they accept that, or would they not? Probably not, uh, even though it has, doesn't it have some kind of, like, online infrastructure i I mean i would assume so because pretty much every arcade platform like at least the last five years and then you know like nesca live had that right back like 2012 so but i'm not sure if jj has actually released any statement is determining like they'll accept exa arcade scores because i don't even think it's like anywhere close to being completely rolled out in japan yeah yeah that'll be really interesting when it comes out to see you know because it has it could potentially solve a lot of issues that they're going to run into, you know, with yeah. just the decline in arcades and stuff. But honestly, I don't know if that will happen in the U.S. just because it's already so segmented. Like, basically, the only places I could actually foresee it getting, at least in my area, are one location that's like 40 minutes away and one location that's like 50 minutes away. And it's like... yeah. Like a round one or like a Dave & Buster's or something like that. Well, yeah. Like a, a big chain or something. I don't know about Dave and Buster's though, because I mean, the only time I've ever played a shmup at like Dave and Buster's was a really jank Nanko classic collection that had Dragon Spirit on it, where left arrow key was just not working. And so it caused you to like constantly get stuck in certain positions. And for fighting yeah. games, they didn't even have any fighting games until a couple of units of Pokemon Tournament arrived. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, I know. It's, it's rough times over there. Yeah, so we're talking about the Western shmup community. So, you know, this is kind of an interesting point where we're talking about score verification, where, you know, we have our own sort of methods of you can just type your score. Maybe people believe you, maybe they won't. You can, you know, the more you have, the more believable you are. Right. But I guess depending on how you look at things, you could say that none of our scores are legitimate scores, right? Because they don't fall in line with how JHA verifies scores. Technically, yeah. Technically, yeah. But that's if you're going by JHA standards. And so I wanted to get your thoughts on this issue because, I don't know, it's it's kind of an unclear issue. Do you think that the Western community... You know, we kind of segregate our scores a bit. You know, we have our own little community scores and everything like that. Do you think there's a future where we start to integrate more with the Japanese community scores? Or is it always going to be this line between us? You know, I've had a couple of people I know, like, kind of just, like, try to question themselves and ask the same thing. Because I know there's been, like, attempts, especially in the past, to kind of try to bridge those differences. And I think, you know, the approach that they were going for there were... Basically, um, they were working with other Japanese players to kind of act as someone who can reach out to other players in these to kind of establish some sort of like online forum that. Right, that we'd all use, right? That's, yeah. Because, I mean, traditionally, like with Shmup's forum, like there's been a couple people here and there, like from China, a couple people from Japan, a few people from Korea that have posted like a couple of scores here and there, but it's really, really minuscule because it's not something that's like easily in their way. Yeah, or like the French community kind of has its own, does its own thing too. 
the good thing is, is that you can, like what I do, I post my scores. So when I get a score, like my Dan three scores or my Donompachi to all, I post it a lot of places. So I post it on the Schmutz forum, but I also post it on the French forum too. Oh, because they have, yeah, because they have their own player base of, uh, yeah, their own players. So there are scores on there that aren't on the forum. Mm-hmm. And then there are scores on the forum that aren't on the French. So that's what I do. I post to both because I feel like that forum is uh, pretty active, honestly. It gets a lot of scores. Hmm. Have you ever done that? Um, posted a French forum. I don't have an account there because honestly, I've, ne- I've always been kind of shaky in terms of like, okay, if I translate something to Google Translate, is this going to be okay? Or Oh, I don't ever do the, like uh, threads. I just... It has a really streamlined system of uh of entering your scores. Like you don't need to translate anything really. Oh gotcha. You just enter it, yeah, and it, it just does it for you. You can, the only thing you need to translate is the send button and yeah, you can translate that one, gotcha. one send. Hit send. Yeah, my language skills are shit. I don't know any other language besides English, so yeah. Right. I think if you guys yeah, if you haven't at least check it out. I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, I'll definitely take a look at it. But I think, like, in my opinion, you know, I'm just central, trying to centralize, like, the current audience that we do have, and then also find ways to kind of market that across different platforms so that we can bring in additional people is something I would like to see. Yeah, I'd love to see that, too. But it is going to take a lot of work between, like, people of different nationalities slash languages because I think a lot of the issue that does come with, like, saying information is that since a lot of it is like just kind of segment Japan that kind of gets lost behind either language or just access to websites that might information. And then of course, some the other barrier you have too is that you just got to be in some of these arcades sometimes because that's where the people are just going to congregate and, you know, share the information. That brings us to, I think one of the biggest question marks right now with what are we going to do? I've spent months exploring this. So I thought, the first thing I tried was the forum. If you guys listen to the podcast, you all know how well that went. It didn't go so well. People were not having it. So, okay, the forum, no one's really interested in that. Updating how the forum works and everything. Mm-hmm. So then, you know, there's the French forum. Just because that's where the French community is. They're pretty active. So I post there too. But like you say, there's no central place where everyone posts from all over the world. Like the Japanese players, the... You know, U.S. players, the French players, the European players, the Chinese players, the Korean players. We all are so spread out into our own little groups. It would be interesting to see, yeah, some kind of central uh, system we all use. Right. Do you have any thoughts on what that might be like? Hmm. My thoughts would be it would be very automated. It wouldn't be like the forum. It wouldn't be a forum at all. It would just be like a scoreboard. And so it doesn't matter what language you're in. It's really easy to navigate. You know, mostly use like visual UIs and stuff instead of walls of text. Right. Because especially when you introduce text in there, I think that might just bog like UI experience down there, especially if we're dealing with different languages. Right. Yeah. The funny thing is, is like building it isn't the problem. It's getting people to use it is the problem. You could throw that bad boy together probably no a week or two, at least a rough version of it. And then right. It's just a question of will people use it or will they not? I remember like 
there were some talks a while back where Sapphire at the time was working with a Japanese player called Chrono STG to make like a shooting exchange for him. That's supposed to kind of centralize some of these different players from different nationalities, kind of high scores and strategy boards just kind of centralized there along with other topics. But then Chrono kind of went off and did some of his own personal stuff and kind of went MIA. So fortunately, yeah. I think because of that, that idea just kind of ended up fizzling out because especially like his role in trying to get people together like that because he knew he's generally seen as like a pretty trustworthy person within like the Japanese community and also encourage people to like even join the server in the first place. So, yeah, I don't know <laughs> for now. I don't see, cause I've, I've explored a lot of these options. I even looked into speedrun.com like, Hey, maybe we could hop on there and get something going. They weren't having it. They're like, nah, nah, Mark. We're not doing this bullshit scoring stuff. We're about, you know, speedruns. So I was like, uh, all right. Yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, did try. I went I went to the top of the ladder. It didn't pan out, so. Yeah, I mean, the other thing, too, is it's just like, in terms of making it accessible, too, and just easy to find, is something that also would need to be done. With, but then you have to worry about search engine optimization and... Yeah, that doesn't really work too well. Like if you're trying to search for stuff like outside of your country, you have to like finagle settings. Yeah, I feel like if we could have gotten on speedrun.com, that would have been huge, to be honest. I know people have their feelings about speedrun.com, but it's so massive, you know, right? It could have been a really good place. I would have definitely posted my scores there. So, yeah, it just didn't pan out. I think with that website, though, it's just if you leave like one moderator for like a game or something like that, that's going to get segmented pretty quickly. Yeah. It would be cool if you could like uh, build your own little like shmup section within speedrun.com. And it's like, right. you go just in the world of shmups now. And so then it'd have a, each mm-hmm. game would have its own page in there and stuff. Yeah. I mean, the other thing too, is that like also making sure that you keep up the interpersonal communication between the people that are moderating those t- that board or boards right especially because the biggest problem i've had recently with like shmups for us that i want to create like more scoreboards like sky adventure doesn't even have its own scoreboard on there and i was thinking yeah. about creating it but the index that is like the easiest to use to find your game here instead of clicking page for page to find the exact thread hasn't been yeah, updated since march it. 2017 and i yeah. don't really know what to do besides directly re- PME and like one of the mods there stopped me like, could you please update this? Yeah. Every single time I want to do it. Same thing for the strategy section, I would add too. Index is really old for that one, probably even older than the high scoreboard. Yeah.
So, let's finish off with some future future thoughts, and then yeah. Okay. So going towards the future, I think there's some interesting things that are gonna happen because, uh, yeah, JHA arcade based, right? But I just get the feeling, and from what I'm hearing, you know, in Japan, even in the mecca of arcade, it's not gonna last forever, right? No. Arcades are gonna come to an end. It's so yeah. You know, how is that gonna play out as far as score verification goes, right? Or even right. Not just the end of arcades, but as we get further and further away from shmups just being arcade companies, like, you know, especially with the indie shmups, how great they're turning out to be and stuff like that. What is that future going to look like? Let's say, let's say a killer shmup is released. One of the best, like Crimson Clover Part 2. It comes out, but it's not an arcade game anymore. It's on PS5 or something. Mm-hmm. What is that going to look like as far as... What do you think? With score verification goes, world records go, like, GHA is going to stick a PS5 in an arcade and be like, hey, this is the PS5 that you have to play on? Or what do you think is going to happen there? So there'll probably still be, like, some sort of leaderboards with, like, using online functionality. But in terms of actually verifying it, that is a tricky part because we don't have any sort of, like, in this scenario, we don't have any official, like, arcades anymore so that it'd be you probably have to use some sort of other process for verifying like checking to see if like this replay is accepted or not but i wonder if you could just lock it down so like each console is uniquely identifiable within the region it's supposed to represent just to keep things segmented for that aspect yeah it's interesting to say because i've heard I heard, I think it was the Switch port. Okay, this is just hearsay, but I think it was like the Switch port of uh, Ikaruga. But their online leaderboard was like hacked to hell with all these fake scores. Right. Right. And so I feel like, you know, I have heard, okay, we'll just move to the online leaderboard Mm. style world records. Like, okay, it's just what's the highest score on the online leaderboard. But there's a lot of issues with that, actually. The first is people can hack and shit like that and there's like no oversight to prevent them and then there's also the fact that now we're putting the scores in the hands of these servers of companies that may or may not care to maintain these scores for long periods of time yeah icarus even mentioned the other day that was it right in right in fighters or whatever it was like one of the writing games on 360 yeah they wipe the board every year (laughs) yeah yeah, you got a world record for a year, I guess. So Yeah, that's I just don't like that model either. Or another problem with that is there's no kind of like metadata between games, right? JHA, I'm sure you can flip the one page or however or look on the site. You see mm-hmm. WTN on Dodonpachi, and then you can go down and oh, he played Blazing Star too. He played all these other games too. Like you could there's some metadata there of the players. But if you have each game isolated to its own little world, it doesn't have that same feeling as like a larger leaderboard where the players play different games and have different scores. I like online leaderboards in shmups. I think they're really good to have, but I don't know if they're the the end-all solution to world record scores or something. Honestly, yeah, that point does kind of worry me what you mentioned there just because, you know, I've seen a lot of games on Steam where it's just 
people hack scores in the leaderboards and there's no q a from like the publisher or like developer yeah. that can actually check to ensure right and let's say the world record holder player sees that he can't do shit about it unless he emails the company and the company takes the time of day to read his email believe him and then or how why would they believe him they don't know who the hell any of these people are and so they just go in there and start erasing people's scores and then you could email them and maybe someone you don't like got a high score. You could email them and be like, yo, this score is fake. Erase it. And then they erase it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, man. <laughs> it could get pretty ugly. Right. So I don't know. Especially people who run studios, they have other stuff to do than try and manage this to them is just this yeah. little fun feature, I'm sure. Definitely. And, you know, even with like some of these companies that like better reporting, I don't entirely know if their Q&A process are necessarily that large to accommodate. Like, let's say they have an increased audience due to the fact there's no game centers or whatever to do this too. Well, yeah, you got all the best players now. They're sitting down for hours and hours on their PS5 uploading hundreds of replays per day or whatever. Right. And then you have to keep track of all that too. Yeah, I'm not sure. There's not really like anything I've seen that indicates like some sort of cohesive, unified like solution. Yeah, I haven't seen it either, to be honest. The only other thing I could think of maybe is just that at least for consolidating like player names attached to like their PSN profile, so that it could carry across like multiple games. But that could be interesting. But in terms of security, I don't think anybody's really figure out a solution for that yet just because well with server space it does have limitations to you know how long you're going to upkeep them how will you keep supporting it yeah since it is a business and upkeeping those servers does cost money and time and eventually we've seen that with other online services after a while it's just like our user base isn't enough to financially support this and then the plug gets pulled happens all the time <laughs> even to stuff like you know the Wii. You know, my mom can't watch Netflix on her Wii anymore. That thing is done. <laughs> yeah. Just, plugs pulled. I don't know what the solution is, but it, it'll be interesting to see what happens, I guess. Yeah, all I can think of is that companies are just going to have to think outside the box and think of a way, maybe a more cost-effective way they can save that information or some way that you can do long-term support without compromising yeah. people's information. Right. Well, it's been awesome having you on the show, man. Do you have any final topics you want to talk about before we head out? Um, I think we pretty much covered what I wanted to in terms of cheating. Yeah, I think it went really well. Definitely. <laughs> well, thanks for coming on the, the XXX <laughs> episode. <laughs> it's been awesome having you on. It, it's been a really fun episode. For sure. Thank you, man. <laughs>